0: Donald Trump called him tough. Rush Limbaugh read one of his articles live on his radio show. Ann Coulter tweeted that article to her one and a half million followers and declared every sentence is perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, former chief editor of the Jewish Press, Elliot Resnick. Welcome to the Elliot Resnick Show.
1: With us today is Dove Heikin a former member of the New York State Assembly and founder of Americans Against Anti-Semitism. Considering the recent rise in anti-Zionist and anti-Semitic incidents in the United States, including murder, we thought he would be a good person to interview. Dove, since you run an organization devoted to combating anti-Semitism, tell us, if you would, about some anti-Semitic cases that you are personally familiar with.
0: One of the cases that's been ongoing a while was actually in court today, the Joey Borgin case where he was on the way to a rally and got beaten up terribly. But, you know, the attacks happen constantly these days. I think we have a situation that is literally out of control. I've never seen anything like it. And I used to say that a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. But now it's a whole different world. Look, the statistics from the New York City Police Department for the month of October More attacks upon Jews, four times or five times as many as all the other categories put together. And the fact is that most incidents don't even get reported. People are worried about the future. You know, where is this all going? Can it happen in America? When you see the vicious, malicious hate, you see support for an organization like Hamas, which committed the most dastardly acts imaginable and not imaginable, and you see students, young people, others, literally supporting this barbaric organization. You know, it's almost like the more educated you are, the more of an Ivy League school you go to, the more you find this phenomena of support for this terrorist organization. It used to be in the old days, as you know. People are uneducated. We needed to educate them. That was the problem. But I think uh, we've learned that that's not the problem.
1: Right. And on the part of the authorities, if I were President Biden or Mayor Adams, I would say, look, I know people have strong opinions on the Israeli-Palestinian-Arab conflict. But the war is taking place in the Middle East. It's not taking place here in New York or America. And if you dare bring it here, if you even think about hurting a Jew or hurting an Arab on the streets of New York because of what's going on in the Middle East, we will throw the book at you. Unfortunately, though, neither Biden nor Adams nor any governor or mayor is saying
0: anything like this. You're absolutely correct that when it comes to Jewish hatred, it's not the same standard that exists for other groups. We can only imagine if blacks were victims of attacks the way Jews are victims right now, or people in the gay community. You can only imagine all of the statements. Look, just take the Islamophobia issue. The White House is pretending that that's a major issue. And they're having a conference, and they're angry, and so on, and there's no problem. We as Jews, we need to start a new phase in the way we live and the way we handle things. Jews need to be proud, to be strong. We need to know how to protect ourselves. And I can tell you, that with God's help in the coming weeks, we and our organization, Americans Against Anti-Semitism, will be launching a major, major drive nationwide. It's time for Jews to learn how to defend themselves. It's time for Jews not to run from the anti-Semites. I'm not saying get into confrontations, but learn how to protect yourself. You know, we've had days of rage, two of them over the past couple of months, one of them a couple of weeks ago, when I was actually in Israel after Sukkot. And my wife told me that our synagogue, our shul, which is a great place, that they told the women not to come to shul that Shabbos, because our enemies announced a day of rage. Everybody panicked. Everybody was concerned about what would happen. And can I tell you, the next time something like that happens, a day of rage, and by the way, nothing happened The first time, the second time, absolutely nothing. But the next time, my attitude would be, bring it on. Come, here I am. Come and show your rage. Instead of the Jewish community being in panic, instead of the Jewish community closing down and telling our women and young people not to come to Shul on Shabbos, as many Shuls did during the most recent day of rage. We need to learn to protect ourselves, plain and simple.
1: My knee-jerk reaction is to agree with you, but not everyone lives in a big Jewish community, and the Arab community is getting bigger and bigger. And, you know, if you're a woman and you're going to shul and you can have a, you know, a bottle of mace with you, but I don't know if you're surrounded by five, ten Arabs, yeah, that's a problem.
0: Well, what you're describing, obviously, if you are by yourself, and there are X number of people uh, who are coming at you, but, you know, every situation, we need to be trained... The situation that you just described, what do you do? A person needs to psychologically not panic. You know, I sort of give this description of what I'm talking about. When there's ice on the road and you're driving and suddenly you're sliding and slipping, what do you do? How do you control the car? Now, if you don't know better, if you haven't been trained or learned You don't just press down the brake, like automatically. Press the brake, that will stop everything. Just the opposite happens. Then you are causing a more dangerous situation. There's a way to deal with it. And I'm saying the same thing. Every situation is different. If we can avoid confrontation, we should definitely do that, no question about it. But when you and I watch videos within Jewish communities where a Jew is being attacked other Jews are right in the vicinity. They're right there. And the perpetrator could be one person. Why would we be afraid? Why would we not know how to deal with that instead of running? I've watched videos of Jews getting beaten up in the Haredi neighborhoods where the fellow Jew who's standing next to the person being beaten up, all that person does is video the scene so they can put it on social media later. That's a problem. That's crazy. That's insane. So when you talk about Jews
1: defending themselves, are you talking about mace, hand-to-hand combat, guns, or all three?
0: I'm talking about everything. One of the few bills I actually passed in the New York State Assembly and became law was pepper spray. And there are rules and regulations in terms of buying it, but it is legal. The bottom line, it is legal. In the very near future, we're going to give away thousands of those. It's got to be done properly, the way the law describes it. But even pepper spray, if you're going to have it in your hand, and it could be a tool that will come in useful, you should also know how to use it and when not to use it. I mean, if there's a wind blowing and you're spraying someone who's attacking you, you're the one who's going to be affected by it. So like everything else in this world, you have to learn how to use whatever it is. And look, as far as getting a weapon, I am going to be applying for that and i think people who feel comfortable should do the same thing. It's all about being able to protect yourself, never needing the pepper spray, the gun or anything else, but at least having it and learning how to use it and creating a level of confidence within yourself mentally, psychologically. We need to stop running. We may love the police, we may think they're great, but you know what? We need to do the job ourselves sometimes, and I think we need to move in that direction. And if ever there was a time where people are listening, and I know that I've been out there speaking to crowds, and when I talk about this, the place just cheers. People realize that we're living in a new period now. Again, I was in Israel. As you know, I went to Israel after Sukkot, and it turned into the most important experience of my life. The saddest experience, a lot of horrible things that I saw in the South, being in Kfaraza and being in Stay Road, etc., being taken around and being told what happened in this house, what happened in this house. I mean, the descriptions of the butchery that went on against young women and against fathers and mothers. And actually, just to tell you, I am going back to Israel in a couple of days with my wife for one single reason, to be there, to help in whatever way I can, because this is a time... When every single person must ask themselves, what can I do? The Jewish community is basically united like never before. No question about it, especially in Israel, by the way. Really united. And I think to a great extent in this country as well. Not everybody, obviously. That'll never happen. But we're basically united. Every person has to figure out what they can do to make a difference. Hashem is watching. Hashem ultimately will do the job. Don't worry about it. But only if we deserve it. I had two sisters in my house, two sisters who have five members of their family who were taken hostage, and they stayed with us. Someone asked us if we would host them. We had a press conference. It was unbelievable. You know, they came as two young women, strangers. They left like daughters, really. I mean, we had a couple of women in our community here in the five towns who took these two young ladies shopping. They spent $2,700. You hear me? I mean, this is unbelievable. Not the girls, the person who took them. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of the sisters is from the South. She can't go back to her home. She has nothing, absolutely nothing. And we've raised money for one of the families. Look, I had a non-Jew, John Geoffrey, who is an old friend of mine, supporter, who got in touch with me when I went to Israel. And he, he texted me, he said, I want to give some money to help the people of Israel. Whatever you say, though. So I didn't respond to him. And a day later, he's on my back. I need to talk to you. He gave me $55,000. He is the former owner of Bay Ridge Toyota. John Geoffrey, $55,000, which we gave away to different organizations, including Zaka. People have been amazing, amazing. You know, Sid Rosenberg, who was our guest out here in the Five Towns for Shabbos. The radio host? Yes, uh, Sid Rosenberg was with us in Shul. I did a big kiddish. Our organization sponsored a big thing to thank him for what he does. And then we had lunch at Rabbi Bloomstein's house. His wife cooked up a storm. Sid was with his wife as well. It was an unbelievable Shabbos for everybody in the community. I mean, people haven't stopped talking about it. That's Sid Rosenberg from From WABC From Bernie and Sid. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So Sid said to me, some person, not Jewish, Greek, gave him $10,000 and said, give it to anything you think it should be given to to help the Jewish people. He gave us the $10,000 which we are. In fact, when I go back to Israel now, I have barbecues planned for Israeli soldiers in different places and other things that we're doing. Look, we paid an unbelievable price. 1,200 Jews murdered in one day. Murdered is not the word. Butchered. Butchered, butchered like you cannot imagine. I mean, with everything that has been told about what happened to men, women, and children. The complete story has not completely been told. That's how horrible it is.
1: 20 years ago, we saw many virulently anti Israel gatherings on university campuses during the Second Intifada. But I don't remember any gathering that took place on the day after a major suicide bombing celebrating the bombing itself. On October 8th, though, we saw Muslims marching down Fifth Avenue. And for that, we really have two decades of Muslim immigration to this country to thank. Since 9 11, we've doubled our Muslim population. Considering the trends, do you think America's going to be a pro Israel country in 20 or 30 years?
0: Well, you know. It's very, very concerning what's going on. When you have 5,000 people demonstrating in Brooklyn, New York, near Borough Park, near Midwood, near all the Jewish community, 5,000 people demonstrating. And you saw the hate, the sinner on the faces of these people. And you saw that they were there to support what was done by these Nazis. On October seventh, we saw it with our own eyes. We watched that hate, Brooklyn, New York. It's a problem. And what's going on all over the country? You have Muslims, and you have the radical left.
1: And again, like if they march now, it's terrible. But you could say, well, they're marching for the Palestinian Arab cause in general. If you're marching on October eighth or October ninth, you're marching for the massacre.
0: And I was like. I, I, By the way, they they said it. It wasn't a secret. It wasn't like we had to figure this one out. And, you know, to our enemies, as we know, what happened on October 7th, the communities in the South, these were the peaceniks. These were the people who supported a two-state solution. These were the people who worked with the Palestinians. They would take Palestinians to hospitals and doctors and want to help them. These were the people who were the shalom achshav, Peace now. Peace now. And they were butchered to our enemies. It didn't matter whether you were a leftist or you were to the right, whether you believed in God, didn't believe in God. As long as you were a Jew, that's all that mattered. Right. I
1: was a little frustrated this past week with the rally because it was a wonderful, strong gathering. But some of the people who were organizing it and promoting it, let's say the OU, They were promoting it. Yet it was the OU who put out a statement when Donald Trump suggested that we ban immigration from certain Muslim countries. They put out a statement saying this is not a uh, Jewish policy. It's not an American policy. We're against it. But yet the reason we're part of the reason we're seeing such an increase of anti-Israel sentiment on the streets of America is because of the Muslim immigration that the OU was speaking out against Trump for opposing. I mean, (laughs)
0: look, I hear exactly what you're saying. My attitude about the rally, and I was there, my wife and I traveled, we got up at four o'clock in the morning, and it was Rishkhodesh, and I didn't get back till one thirty in the morning. And I'm not 18 anymore. <laughs> but there was no way in the world that I was not going to be there. We had to be counted. And at the end of the day, thank God, thank God, there were close to 300,000 people. So there are a lot of issues we could talk about. The bottom line is that rally was an extremely important one. And I don't mean just for America and just for the Congress to show that kind of support. It was important to show Hashem what we could do in a couple of days. So there are things, you know, you and I could talk about. People said to me, how could you let Chuck Schumer speak? I mean, Schumer, who has claimed all of his life in every speech that he's ever made to a Jewish audience, he always explains his name, Schumer, that he's a showmer, He's a protector, a watcher of the Jewish people. Would anyone accuse Chuck Schumer over the past couple of years with anti-Semitism out of control that he has been the shomer, that he has been out there, that he has been outspoken? I don't think so. But that day, you know, my attitude was, look, he is the majority leader. This is a day we don't look at anything. As long as the people that are getting up there are not anti-Israel, as long as they are up there speaking to this crowd, it's all good. So if it was up to you or me, there would have been some other speakers. But the bottom line is, it was a very successful day for the Jewish people. I guess you're right about that.
1: Just. To me, there are two main reasons why there is an increase in anti-Semitism. It's Muslim immigration and the continuing rise over the last 30 years of the radical left, especially the younger generation. And I think we should be doing more on those two ends rather than just having a nice gathering where we all sing, you know, nice Jewish songs, which is all very nice. But, you know,
0: try to tackle the core issue. Well, look, as as long as Democrats are running any show, whether it's in Washington or whether it's locally in New York, you're not going to get them – to sort of recognize, hey, who are the people? And I know it's not all people who are Muslim. I, no, I get that. Not. I understand. Not, but-, but, but but look at the crowds. Look at who they are. Look at the universities all over the United States and the anti-Semitism and the hate and the fact that Jewish students. I mean, I'm sure you saw the JTA article about a week ago or so where the JTA reported that Jews, you got to hear this, this is unbelievable. The Jews were taking their mezuzahs off their doors, so no one would know that this is a Jewish home. Is that unreal? I mean, does that not tell you? A very good friend of mine, whose son goes to public school, he's in ninth grade, he just told me on Shabbos that in school, some of the kids asked him, and he has a very Jewish last name, asked them, are you Jewish? And this 14-year-old kid said, no, I'm not Jewish. He was afraid. This is where we are at at the present time. This is the new reality. And where does it all go? Does it all just get better? Or are we in serious trouble in terms of our future? I can tell you that more and more people feel that way.
1: Right. Last question. Some people will say this is a Zionist question. Do you think Jews belong in America or any other country in the world besides the Jewish homeland?
0: Look, there's no question that, you know, we have an incredible state, the state of Israel. It really is the most beautiful country in the world. We belong there. I wish I could say to you that I've made Aliyah, but I can tell you I have a home there. I can tell you that the trip I'm making this week will be my fourth trip in the last three and a half months And I can tell you that my wife and I talk about officially making Aliyah all the time. But ultimately, I think we will have no choice but to go home.
1: One of the original Zionist arguments going back more than 100 years ago was that no matter how nice some of these countries are, at the end of the day, Jews are a foreign element, and I guess bodies always react badly to a foreign element, and they basically gave up on the Enlightenment project, and they said, "I'll just have our own country and forget about it.
0: Right, right. Elliot, I don't think there's one country, if you go back hundreds and hundreds of years, where Jews were welcomed, where Jews were respected, where Jews were treated with dignity, and everything was absolutely fine, where at the end of the day, all that changed. Will America be different? Will this be the exception, the United States of America? I wish I could say to you, don't worry. It'll all be fine. America is different. America is different in many, many good ways. We love this country. No question about it. But I think what we see scares the daylights out of a lot of people in terms of the future. And especially, you know, we look at the polls Support for Israel among Republicans is overwhelming. Among Democrats, it's almost 50 50. So you can never expect the Democrats are going to say, Yes, this is what the problem is, and really face the problem. They're just not going to do that. It's unfortunate, but until we all go to Israel, we're still here. We have our communities, our families, our children, our grandchildren. We need to have faith in Hashem, but we need to do everything humanly possible to protect ourselves, not depend on someone else. The police, fine, we deal with them, they'll be there. But we need to learn how to defend ourselves on different levels, everyone.
1: Okay. Well, thank you very much for your time. You said you're going to be having courses or programs coming up soon about self-defense. We you are going to be. Just
0: look at your website for these things. Or look. It'll be the website, but it'll be a lot more. Once we announce, okay. we will be advertising all over. We're going to make a major, major effort like you've never seen before. And we are living in a time like you've never seen before to give people an opportunity to learn how A, to defend themselves, B, to psychologically and mentally be prepared for whatever happens in the streets. Okay, so I'm going to include a link to your website
1: in the episode description. And thank you so very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having
0: me. I appreciate it as well.
1: All right. That does it for us. If you like this podcast, please consider subscribing to it and giving it a good rating and a nice review if you're so inclined. I hope you enjoyed the episode and have a great day or a great night, depending on when you're listening to this podcast.